0: To end the word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. And, and I, I wondered, you know, how this would go in here. The the, the most famous person that anybody in here has met face to face. Somebody, Celine Dion. You guys met her face to face. You talked to her in the parking lot. In the parking lot. Okay. Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Well, I think Dick Van Dyke Trumps Celine Dion. <laughs> Who else? Jesse Owens. Who? Jesse Owens. <sighs> Sorry, Diff Van Dyke. Jesse Owens. Anyone else? Fraser Thomas. Okay. I don't, I don't, who is that? What, I still think Jesse Owens tops the list right now. Who? Elizabeth Taylor. Jesse Owens. He wins. Leave it to Beaver. He saw him. The beef. When we think of, this week I was walking through the, uh, The line, maybe you guys have seen this, it was one of the magazines that was in the line as you were checking out. And there were all these famous people that have influenced, uh, the world, you know, influenced our nation, influenced the world. And, uh, you had people on there like Abraham Lincoln, you had Billy Graham on there, you had George Washington, but Jesus was one of the pictures on there. And I I thought, of all of these people, uh, you know, you, you see them and you see that they, when you met Celine Dion, when you met Jesse Owens and Dick Van Dyke and Elizabeth Taylor, I, I, I met Larry Holmes, uh, in an elevator one time in, in, uh, Las Vegas and, uh, you know, I saw him and it was just he and I on the elevator and I'm going, Larry Holmes, are you Larry Holmes? And he goes, nah, I ain't Larry Holmes. I go, no, no. Are you Larry Holmes? He goes, nah, I'm Larry Holmes. I go, no, you're Larry Holmes. He goes, nah, I just mess him with you. You know, ah, Larry Holmes. You know, I'm going. Okay, Larry Holmes. You know, and so it was. It was pretty cool. Met Arnold Schwarzenegger one time, and uh, his hand was huge. He was uh, not very tall, but his hand was huge. and he was walking around before he was married to Maria Shriver, and you know, these guys are just people. They're just people. If you were to hang around them any amount of time. The spotlight, the glow, the, the awesomeness of, wow, you just met, you know, when I met Arnold Schwarzenegger, I was in high school. Salvang, California. Anybody guys know, hear of Salvang, California? Yeah, Salvang, California, it's kind of an old town and, and, uh, it's just, it's kind of a, like a, it, it it's kind of like you've stepped into Denmark. But you're in California. It's kind of an old town, kind of like that. And and you know, I don't know, what does a Denmark town look like? I don't know. But that's what I figure it looks like, okay? I mean, it is what it is, you know. And we're walking down the street, me and a guy by, by the name of Mark Millsaps. And, and Mark and I, we were on a high school uh, uh, retreat. Uh, in the summertime, it was a summer camp and we were on our way back and we stopped in Solvang and we're walking down the street. It's kind of a tourist trap. You know, we're walking down the street and, and Mark and I are walking down as fast as, you know, 10th graders, 11th graders would be walking down the street. And all of a sudden we walked and we kind of split around this couple that were, we're walking along the street and we got about five, six, seven steps beyond and I said, Mark, stop. He goes, what? I go, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he goes, No, it wasn't. I go, no, no, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was Arnold Schwarzenegger. He goes, no way. I said, yeah, look, look at him. Look at his shoulders. He's huge. And and Maria Shriver's hanging all over him and everything. He's just walking down the street. She's hanging all over him, you know. And I go, that was him. And he goes, hey, let's go back and meet him. I said, okay. And so we did what any kid would do. We ran out into the street and ran and didn't look at him as we ran past him. Got about a good 30 or 40 feet past him, and then jumped back on the sidewalk, kind of, and then just kind of started walking like, oh, hey, you know, and, and, and we stopped, and (laughs) we're idiots. But we, we, we met him, and he's a man. He's a man. And, and you look at it, and he's just a dude. And, if you become friends with a guy like that, you're gonna find out he has weaknesses. You're gonna find out he has failures and, and, and he has shortfalls. He has problems. He's, he's fallible. He's imperfect. She's imperfect. And, and yet when you, when Jesus came on the scene, he he was perfect. That's hard for us to understand. But for most people, meeting Jesus, it was cool at first, but how quick they turned on him. How quick they turned on him. There was... A, a time in history that God became a man in the form of a baby and grew up and he never sinned. And gang, it really happened. It happened like 2,000 years ago. But can you imagine that time? You and I can't, I, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time Wrapping my brain around that time. But I have to believe that we're living in a day and an age right now. You see the day that, that we're, we're about to experience something very much like that day. You recall that there were prophecies that a virgin would conceive and bear a son. And his name would be Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Emmanuel means, is God with us. But they had been hearing this prophecy for many, many, many years. Hundreds of years. Over a thousand years. Even over 2,000 years. Even over 3,000 years. All the way back in the book of Genesis, the third chapter. In verse 15, we read that there is going to come from a woman and her seed one that would defeat Satan himself. And it was Jesus. Women don't have seeds. Women have eggs. Men have seeds. It's the only time in all of scripture that a woman, that a seed is ever attributed to a woman is when it attributes to the Virgin Mary going to have a child. And, and and so all the way back in the book of Genesis began the prophecies. And then they just kept pouring on and pouring on and pouring on in many, 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 many prophecies. And Abraham came on the scene. And the baby hadn't been born yet. Abraham died. Isaac died. Jacob died. Esau died. Well, and, and then David came on the scene, and, and and or I'm sorry, Moses came on the scene and 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 Moses lived, but then but, but Moses died. Moses, he said, guys, there he was talking to the children of Israel. He's saying, There is a prophet like me that is coming to you. You need to listen to him. He was speaking of a Messiah, the Messiah that was going to come. He was speaking of Jesus. He was speaking of Jesus Christ. Moses was born over 1,500 years before the birth of Jesus. Do you think 1,500 years after Moses that people were expecting for the Savior to be born on that night? Do you think that people were expecting Jesus to be born in their day and age? you think that people were going, hey, I think, I think we're living in the day and age that the Messiah is going to come. He's going to be born. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. The Bible says he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Bible says he's going to be born of a of a virgin. He's going to be born of a virgin. He's going to be God in human flesh. For unto us, a son is born. A child is born. Unto us, a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders and we will call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father, Mighty God. We're going to call him that? Yeah, because that's who Jesus is. Prophesied. Prophesied. All the way back in the book of Isaiah. Some 600 years before Jesus came on the scene. What does this have to do with Christmas? It has everything to do with Christmas. And what does it have to do with this message tonight? Here's what I, I, I just want to have you and, and me really consider. We celebrate a baby. And it's, there's nothing wrong with that. But that baby... As I said in my prayers, I said this last weekend, that baby in the manger was going to grow to be a Savior on a cross. The purpose of the baby coming was not so that we put up trees, was not so that we would exchange gifts, would not be so that we could eat turkeys and Ham. He didn't come so that we could gather together as family and 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 have a you know a little bit of time off and have all of our our jobs you know allowing us to have time off. I'm sorry if you have to work on Christmas. I, I really do. I feel bad for you. I do. I I hate having to work over holidays like this. Last year I didn't get to give this message because I was Kevin gave it because I was gone it's it's tough to get to 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 be away from family at a time like this but but that was not why he came so that we could have family time that's not why he came i don't want you to miss what this is all about i know that we see on the bumper stickers jesus is the reason for the season and he is uh, you know, he's, you know, he's the reason. Keep Christ in Christmas. I, I, I agree with that. But, but instead of just making it a, a quick little saying where you go, oh yeah, that's on my car. Do we really, really, number one, believe it? I think probably most, if not all of us in here do. But if you do, do you also consider that very next thing that we need to be looking for today? And that is, Jesus said, I'm coming back. He died on a cross. He was buried. Three days later, he rose again. And when he ascended and he showed himself unto 500 people, of which Peter and the gang the disciples were those that he showed himself to. Paul said, hey, he even revealed himself to me. Even though he was not a part of the 500 that met with him in that time, Jesus did appear to Paul and encourage Paul. And Paul, he had an expectation that Jesus was going to come back. It's what we talked about this last week in First Thessalonians chapter 4. Jesus is coming back. You go, my goodness, Pastor Don, this is Christmas Eve. We're talking about the return of Jesus? Yeah, because the return of Jesus is going to be far greater than the first coming of Jesus. Have you ever considered that? The first coming of Jesus is awesome. The second coming of Jesus is awesomer. He's coming back. Do you believe that? Well, I don't know. I believe Christmas. I believe the baby in the manger. I even believe that, you know, Savior on the cross. But man, it's been a long time. Well, you guys have been saying, Christians have been saying for 2,000 years, He's gonna come back. I have to believe that there were a lot of people who are saying, you know, they've been saying it all the way, all the way 4,000 years. They've been saying He's gonna show up. He's not here yet. Four thousand years has gone by. He's not here. Surely he's not going to come in my lifetime. Surely he's not going to come. Surely I'm not expe- are you expecting him? Here in, in this passage in, in Luke chapter two, hopefully you've read you know some passages of, of the Christmas story. One of the fellas that, that we see in the Christmas story is a fellow by the name of Simeon. Simeon is an old man. Was he an old man when the prophecy was given? Absolutely not. He wasn't even a figment of anybody's imagination other than God's. He, wasn't a, he didn't exist yet when the prophecy was given that Jesus was going to come through the Virgin into this world to save, to seek and to save sinners. But, Simeon grew up as a man, as an old man. He grew up his whole life, and God, God had revealed to him, Hey, Simeon, I'm going to show you the Savior. I'm going to show you the Messiah. Look what it says in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. It says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was just, and he was devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, that he was waiting for the promise of the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon, it says. And it had been revealed to him in verse 26 of Luke chapter 2 by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah or the Lord's Christ. And so, Simeon came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents, Joseph and Mary, brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took this baby Jesus in his arms and he blessed God. Can you imagine? That's what we were just saying. And Mary, did you know this child you're holding? Mary, did you know? One of the reasons I wanted to sing all these story songs is I wanted to pique your curiosity. Did they know? What what did Mary feel at that time? What did Joseph feel like? Joseph, there's a great Joseph song that we didn't sing. How could it be this baby in my arms, sleeping now so peacefully? The Son of God, the angel said. I'm just a simple carpenter. how can I raise a king? How can I raise a king? He looks so small, his face and hands so fair but when he when he cries that the sun seems to disappear, but when he laughs all oh, it shines again How could it be? How could it be that I am the one to raise up this child how can How could it be, Lord? I don't understand. How can I do this? How did you, why did you give me this, this job? I, I don't understand. How is it that you picked out of all of the millions, if not billions of people that have ever lived upon the face of this earth? Why did you choose me? Why did you choose Mary? But here we are. Can you imagine? When Lynette and I first started coming over here from Fort Lauderdale to Sarasota to, to teach back in 1996, we started naming the alligators on Alligator Alley because we do this trip at least twice a week, back and forth twice a week. We did it on our days off. When, because we were still working full time over there but our two days off we made on Wednesdays or Tuesdays I think is when we had a midweek Bible study and Sundays so we'd come over here you know to teach Sunday and Wednesdays or Tuesdays whenever it is and then we'd go back and then we'd do our things over there but here here's the thing when we there's a lot of driving it was a well it was supposed to be a, like a three and a half hour trip got it down to about two hours and 45 minutes kids don't try that at home <laughs> but here's the thing we we would listen to a lot of things well there was a couple that now live i don't know where they live they live up like in michigan or something like that that used to go to our church and and their kids as they were growing up they used to have a uh, uh focus on the family have any of you guys ever heard of uh, have uh, ever heard of uh, uh adventures and odyssey the little kids you know audio tapes and those of you who who have heard of it, you will remember that there was a segment. There was they always had this this uh, segment that would crop up, you know, as you know the the series would go on the audio tapes. That there was the Imagination Station. You remember that that wit at wit's end. He was an inventor, and he invented this Imagination Station where he could, you know, and you could never see anything. I mean, they didn't have it on video. It was all. Your imagination, basically, because it was all audio. And they would click in, you know, Wit would say, Okay, you guys ready to go? You know, yeah, we're ready, Wit, you know, and then they go and they'd and he'd send them back into a time and he'd send them back in a time of history, you know. But there was a time where there was Elliot, is that what his name is? Elliot? Elliot and uh Connie. They uh they got transported back into the time of Jesus when he was born. And Elliot happened to end up with the three wise men out in the desert or with the the wise men in the desert. There were three of them that talked. We think that, you know, we, we talk about three wise men. We only talk about three wise men because there was three different kinds of gifts. It could have been a thousand wise men. We don't know. We just know that there were three different gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so He's with them in the desert, but Connie ends up finding Mary and Joseph, and she comes along. And she, in this story, she begins to help Mary out with baby Jesus. And she, in the story, listen, in the story, it's fascinating. I I think that the movie is, or that that the audio is called "The Star." There's a time in the story where you get caught up in this and we're listening to this as we're cruising, probably not the speed limit, not even probably close to it, at about 11.30, 12 o'clock at night, going home. Lynette's snoring. I'm just joking. I don't know. I, she's probably listening because this was such so captivating and as we were listening to it, I got so caught up in this thing and I'm just driving and I'm, I kind of like transported into that, that scene. And here Connie is there trying to help Mary with dinner and what have you. And Mary says, Hey Connie, can I ask you a question? She goes, yes, anything. She goes, do you you not like my baby? (laughs) I start choking up right now because it was so impacting. It was so intense to me. And Connie says, like your baby? No, I, 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 you don't understand. I, I love your baby. I love your baby more than anything in the world. And Mary says, well, then why don't you ever ask to hold him? And she goes, oh, oh no, I, I can't, I can't hold. Now think about that for a moment. Put yourself in that position. Mary says, hey, would you hold my baby? If you being Connie had been transported back in time and there you are and you're about to place this baby in your hand, what, what are you, what's going to go through your head? I am holding not just a baby. I'm holding God in human flesh. And, and, And here's the thing. Connie goes, oh, I, I couldn't hold. She goes, no, listen, you have been working so hard, Mary, said to Connie. You know what? What you need to do is you need to sit in here and, and let me go cook dinner. You've been doing so much. She goes, oh, no, I, I'll do that. She goes, no, no, no. And then you kind of hear the rustling. She goes, no, 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 no. Oh, my. And you could hear that the baby had been transferred from Mary's arm into Connie's arm. And then Mary says, look, he likes you. He's smiling at you. Now you sit in here, I'm gonna go in the other room and I'm gonna cook dinner. And there Connie is alone with Jesus. And she sits there and she goes, Oh, I can't I can't believe that's you. Oh, I don't even know what to say. Can you imagine the moment I was crying like a baby? It affected me, man, so much to think. She held that baby. Simeon held that baby. He was told from God, that is the Messiah. And Simeon held that. What do you think was going through Simeon's mind? Here's what it says. Lord, here's what he says. Lord, you're now letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. He's a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon says, Man, I can die now. I can die a happy man. There is nothing greater than this very moment right now. My life, there's nothing greater that has ever happened in my life. In this moment right now that I hold this wiggly little baby in my hands, and it's God in flesh vulnerable to me, and he did this for me, and he did this for you. He came, he was here, and he lived and he grew, and then he was condemned, and then he hung on a cross. And he died. He cried out. As he died, it is finished. He, he, he died. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last and he gave up the ghost. He decided when it was time for him to die. Then he was taken off the cross and put into a tomb. And three days later, he rose again from the dead. And he went and he he visited the disciples that were in the upper room. As they were there, they were freaked out, man. They were afraid. They were afraid that their lives were going to be the next one strung up on that Roman gibbet. And here's the thing. All of a sudden, Jesus shows himself in the room. And they're going, whoa! And Jesus, it says that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Do you think that the Holy Spirit came upon them at that time? I think so. I think the Holy Spirit came into them at that moment. There wasn't... Judas wasn't in the room. There was somebody else that wasn't in the room. Who was that? Thomas, I heard someone say. That's right, Thomas wasn't in the room that day. The other ten disciples go out, they find Thomas, they go, Thomas, you'll never believe what we just seen, what we just experienced. What? It was Jesus. What? In the upper room. It was Jesus you talking about i saw him die i know but he's alive and he breathed on us he said receive the holy spirit he's alive thomas i don't believe you guys this is a dirty trick why would you do such a thing why would you say such a thing i will not believe i don't care that you're telling me that he's alive i i know you guys i love you guys but i don't believe you guys I won't believe unless I stick my hand in his side unless I take my finger and stick it in the wound on his hand I won't believe until I see that and it was just a couple of days later they were all locked in the upper room again Thomas with them this time and all of a sudden Jesus shows himself to him again and all of a sudden Thomas is confronted with something that he has to change And he looks over at Jesus and he gets up and he begins to walk and he drops to his knees and he says, my Lord and my God. Jesus says, Thomas, come on over here. Put your hand in my side. Put your finger in my hand. It's what you said you needed in order to believe. Come and do it and... He didn't even get that far. He falls to his knees and he goes, my Lord and my God. Literally, it means the Lord of me and the God of me. Thomas knew at that moment that God in human flesh was once again in front of him. They make no mistake about this. They knew that Jesus was God in human flesh. And Jesus says, because you see, you believe Thomas. Oh, Thomas. More blessed are those who believe without seeing. I will tell you right now, I have never seen Jesus face to face. I can't say that I've actually audibly heard his voice. I believe I've heard his voice speak to my heart. But I don't know that I've ever really audibly heard his voice. I know there was a close time. I think I heard his voice, but I think it was in my heart or my mind. I don't know. When I came out of the sky that one time, and I called out to him. But here's the thing. I don't know that I've ever seen him. I, I, I know that I've never seen him. I don't know that I've I've ever heard him. And I believe, and probably some of you can say the same thing. If not most, if not all of us can say the same thing. Here's the thing. Do you still believe in him? Jesus says you're more blessed than even Thomas and the disciples. The apostles but when he ascended into heaven everybody that was standing around watching Jesus ascend into heaven he said I'm going to come back for you Philip don't you know that in my father's house are many mansions if it weren't true I would have told you so I'm going to go and prepare a place for you Phil that where I am there you may also be I'm the way and I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. I am the only way. I am the only truth. I am the only way. That's it. No, there's no other way into heaven except through Christ. It's God's ticket into heaven. It's God's pathway into heaven. But that's coming. Jesus says, I'm coming back. If I'm going there, I'm going to come back and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may always be. I'm going to come back and get you. And when he ascended into heaven, everybody was sitting there going, oh my goodness, look, he was received up into the clouds. I, I, I can't fathom that. I wasn't there. I just read that that's what the Bible says and they were all sitting there gazing up into the clouds and and God had to send a couple of angels over there and say hey guys quit looking in the clouds don't you know that the same Jesus that went into the clouds is also going to come back again for you don't you know now good about your business didn't he give you a job to do now go and do it and then they dispersed and they go went out and began to live the Christian life that God had called them to live but it was after Jesus rose up into heaven. But he says, I'm coming back. I just, all of this said for this reason. He's coming back. As sure as he was prophesied 4,000 years, 6,000 years ago. As sure as it was continually prophesied up through all of the you know major prophets and the minor prophets and even David. And Moses prophesying about Jesus coming on the scene. He didn't come on the scene immediately. He came on the scene when it was time for him to come on the scene. And when he came on the scene, he was here. And he lived. He was a baby. And Simeon held him up to the Lord and said, I can die now. I've seen your salvation, Lord. I have touched God. I've touched you. You're here. Hallelujah, you're here. And and, and that's it. He came. But then he grew. And then he died. And he said he's coming back. There's a, a, a fella that said one time, I think it was Hal Lindsey that said, I believe that there is a generation that is more blessed than the disciples. That were here when Jesus was birthed and lived upon the face of the earth. That, that generation is the generation that's going to be here when he comes back. He's coming back. Are you ready? Do you believe it? Is it real to you? Because here's the thing. He's been gone 2,000 years. Man, it's not going to happen in my life. I'm sure a lot of these guys didn't think it was going to happen in their life, and it did. He's coming back, gang. He's coming back soon. He's coming back. Don't just believe the baby in the manger. Don't just celebrate the baby in the manger. Celebrate and recognize that Jesus is coming back. Man, I want to be ready. I don't want to just celebrate Christmas. I want to celebrate the reason behind why Jesus came. I want to celebrate that Jesus is my Lord, my Savior, my God, my King. I want to see Him. I'm going to be with Him one day. You're going to be with Him one day if you believe and confess. That's it. Christmas. It's a glorious time. Easter. It's a heart wrenching time that they go hand in hand. Christmas came because Easter was coming. But Christmas is past, Easter is past, and today we live. Are you willing, am I willing to live my life, your life, our lives, recognizing that Jesus could come back at any minute? I hope and pray you do. That's greater than any Christmas present you could ever have. Thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.